Special guest with me today. He has a album coming out, comedy album coming out this Friday, the 14th, called Good Guy with a Gun. Streaming on Pandora right now if you want to go check it out. He also has a podcast called Blockbusting. It is Jay Light. What's up, dude? Hello. Hey, how's it going, Michael? Thanks for having me. Good, man. How you doing? You're down in uh, L.A., aren't you? Yeah, I'm in L.A. I just uh, braved driving up from Orange County where I was doing some other podcasts. Oh, nice. Passed by uh, somebody selling a bunch of Donald Trump memorabilia outside of a gas station. So about par for the course in Orange County, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did they have like a, was it out of their car or just a... They had a pop-up tent set up right near uh, the, the entrance to the gas station. Okay. So like a, like a stand yeah. for like cherries, but it's just Trump stuff, I get. <laughs> yeah. Exa- it's, the, it's the total antithesis of seeing... <laughs> Some uh, his, Hispanic person selling uh, oranges <laughs> off the side just, of the just opposite off the yeah. side of the highway. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Just some just some shady looking white guy selling sh- selling a bunch of Trump twenty twenty flags. That's awesome, dude. Uh, no, I uh, I had a chance actually to listen to this past uh, past, couple, past couple days. I listened to your album on uh, Pandora, and uh, I gotta say, man, I really like the the way that you did it i wanted to ask you is this like your first uh is this like the first kind of like album you put out or is this uh have you done one before this or no this is my first comedy album and uh i wanted to do something unique with it i wanted to do an album that wasn't just another white guy telling jokes you know that that shit's a dime a dozen and so i really wanted to make something that i felt reflected me and my comedic sensibilities and i have a lot of stuff that uh, that I do in terms of the you know the way my comedy is developed and the way my sense of humor is developed and the way that I, I approach comedy is developed. So that's why I wanted to have a multitude of things on there. You know, it's primarily stand up, mm-hmm. but there are sketches. There's a roast battle. Uh, yeah, I had uh, <clears throat> all sorts of stuff. All sort of mix in. Yeah, I was. I, I wasn't expecting that either. So it was kind of cool. It caught me off guard, and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" I thought I was. I thought maybe it shifted to something else. And then I went and looked. I was like, "Okay, I'm still listening to the same thing." And I kind of just followed along and was like, "Oh, this is cool. It's kind of like how it was mixed in. It's unique." Um, Thanks. Yeah, especially I feel like having the opening track be a sketch that also has some crazy uh, beats underneath, and then some samples. Mm-hmm. Of uh, some like vaguely religious stuff in there, and it's uh, it's a it's an interesting way to kick off a stand-up comedy album. For sure, yeah. Uh, and uh, I I noticed too, like you've been having, how long have you been doing uh, the blockbusting podcast? How long has that been going for? It's been going on. We just hit three years. Three I don't years. know why I said we. It's just me. I'm the only guy <laughs> who does that. Yeah, no, I did it. Th- it's been going on three years now. Uh, I'm somewhere in like the 200s on episodes because oh, nice. I got really ambitious for a bit and started doing two episodes a week instead of one. 
and that turned out to be it was a very fun idea but it was also very difficult to keep up with because i would try and watch the premise of the podcast is people talking about movies that they hate and why they hate them Mm -hmm. and it's difficult to watch that many movies week after week after week in order to keep up with the pace just talking about the movies that you gotta watch that you just hate to (laughs) <laughs> this that category yeah, well, of movie too <laughs> especially because after a while like you know sometimes people come on there and they talk about a movie that's a well-reviewed movie or something that's seen as a classic and i it sort of fall into the fra- of the frame of mind of trying to look at it the way they do is like okay what do they not like about this mm-hmm. and it's that's not a great way to watch movies i found it's fun it's good for entertainment but also you know, I'm a I'm a film nerd. I, I went to film school, and okay. I love movies, and I think that I try and go in now with just, like, a blank slate, and that way I can see, oh, the good parts and the bad parts. Gotcha. So, you're, yeah, you're giving it more of, like, a holistic approach instead of just going after that one-sided... Uh, yeah, movie. it's a healthier way to watch them, I think, instead <laughs> of just going in ready, just with full of piss and vinegar, and like, all right, how are they going to fuck this one up this time? Yeah, for sure. Uh are you, are you based out of L.A.? Is that where you're from originally? or? No, I, uh, I'm based out of L.A. now. I've been here almost, oh, God, almost eight years. Oh, wow. It'll be eight years this month, yeah. So I grew up uh, mostly in the South. I was born in New Orleans. My family moved to San Diego in the early 90s. We were here for about five years, or there for about five years, Um then we moved to San Antonio, and then to this little suburb of Dallas called Colleyville. It's sort of in between Dallas and Fort Worth, right by the airport. We lived there basically the rest of my childhood, nice. so about 10 hey, years I was real, there. Real quick, yeah. I need to pause my laptop. I forgot to plug it in. It's about to die. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> real quick, I'll be right back. Take care of that. <laughs> Get in there. can't believe I forgot that. It's an easy thing to forget. I have, the way I'm set up right now, I have, I'm in my bedroom. My laptop is plugged in <laughs> at the far end of the room. And I'm over here I'm over here on the opposite side of the room. And sometimes if I'm moving stuff around, my laptop cable will come unplugged. And I don't notice it. And then I get through like a recording of a podcast or a Zoom meeting or something. And then all of a sudden everything shuts off. I'm like, oh, I, I accidentally bumped my thing out. I have to reset my entire setup. So good catch for an early on. In I the noticed episode. the blinking home uh, power button on the front. And I was like, "What the heck?" And I saw it, and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah. Um, so you grew up in the South, moved to San Diego, uh, and then yep, then moved to San Antonio, okay. and then I lived uh, from there. I was in Colleyville, Texas, which is outside of Dallas, a little suburb in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Lived there for about a decade. And uh, then I went to college in North Carolina. That's why I started doing stand-up. And then after I graduated, I moved here to Los Angeles. Nice. What is what is Texas like, man? Like I, I'm I'm from I'm from Washington, and so I I only okay. know kind of like the West Coast, like uh, Washington, Oregon, California. Like, what is it like to like? What is Texas and kind of just like the South? What is that? <laughs> well, Texas. I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes about Texas, and most of them are true. It's very religious. A lot of people, you know, guns and meat and, you know, people, uh, it's a, it's a bunch of people who like love there. It's, you know how America in the South, I think is a very patriotic 
right? Like they're they're like ah, I fucking love America. Mm-hmm. Texas has an extra added dose of that because Texas was its own country for a number of years before it became America yeah. or became a part of the states, right? Mm-hmm. So like in school growing up, we learned Texas history before we learned American history, and we had two full years in school that were dedicated to just going over texas history wow so it's all of the like the fanatical patriotism that you would expect from a sort of a a a conservative heavy population added in with the fact of like okay we're even more patriotic and individual than the rest of the states (laughs) because we've got this extra texas shit that we have to double down on like they passed a law when i was in high school that so you say the pledge of allegiance in the morning Mm -hmm. as school starts and then they passed a law that said you also had to say the pledge of allegiance to the texas flag is it it different right next to the american flag yeah the pledge to the texas flag is uh, honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to the Texas, one and indivisible. And that's it. And that's wow. it. And then you sit down for your uh, for your moment of silence. That's so interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> that is like brand yeah. new knowledge to me. Wow. <laughs> I think that that's the thing about Texas is a very like it's very proud state. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people there who are very proud to be Texans, and. It's got a very, I mean, the people there are generally, in my experience, very warm and friendly, um, but they are also, uh, you know, they're ready to, uh, they will defend Texas to the death. Gotcha. Okay. You know, we've got that, the Texan has the fight in them, because that's literally how the state was born. Yeah, like, when you said proud, that's kind of what I was thinking of the whole time we were describing this, is that's kind of the stereotype that I've always gotten is like texas people are very proud to be from there it's like a, and that makes mm-hmm. total sense because of what you just told and now it all comes full circle i'm like oh this makes yeah hun- this makes sense now like <laughs> yeah we get indoctrinated in that texas pride from a very young age yeah so you by design so you live there and then you said you went to north carolina to go to school mm-hmm. like out of all these places like west coast east coast texas like where where do you like where where do you like being the most well, I really like Los Angeles a lot. I think that I've uh, when I first moved to LA and for a long time here in LA, I I had friends and I liked the comedy scene, mm-hmm. but I was there's also this, this sort of element in the back of my mind of I don't like LA the most. Because there's a different way that people, um, I guess, socialize is the best way to put it. Like, growing up in the South, you know, for all of its flaws, the South does have a lot of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Southern hospitality thing is very much uh, something that's sort of ingrained into you when you grow up there and you spend a lot of time there. And L.A., I think because of the the nature of the city and the the industries that thrive here and are built out of here, you know, entertainment Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, there's a sort of element of, like, people doing stuff for themselves and relationships being transactional as opposed to 
uh, actual sort of like a, actual a building. Brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a like a instead of a familial vibe, mm-hmm. it's much more of a okay. What can you do for me? What can I get of out of? Yeah. What can I get out of you? How much? How much exactly. exposure can you give me? That kind of thing. How many likes? Right. <laughs> yeah, how many likes are you going to... Are you an influencer? Can you help me out? I don't know, yeah. but I'm going to hope that you are. Oh, you're, you're a not, promoter? Oh, you're my curb. friend. <laughs> right. So, you know, the, there's a sense of uh, isolation that also comes from Los Angeles, too, just because it's such a huge city, which I, I didn't realize that when I first moved here. Like, I'd come to visit, and I knew that it was big, but mm. I didn't realize that it's... The kind of big where if you have a friend who lives in a neighborhood that's, say, a 20 or 30 minute drive, you're probably only going to see that friend once a year. (laughs) Just because nobody wants to, everybody wants to hang out where they're close. Yeah. And so if you don't live close to your friends, then you're going to make new friends in your neighborhood very quickly. Because you don't want to travel Because you kind of have to. So this was just traffic and just having to the hassle of having to commute or yeah exactly and traffic too I mean everybody talks about the, how shitty the traffic is in LA but I think that added it adds to the isolation because you're in your car by yourself mm-hmm. you know like out of all the places that I've ever lived the south has the sort of way that people interact with each other that I, that I like more and my dream city to live in would be New York frankly okay. just because new york everybody is mushed in and next to each other all the time and i think that that breeds a better sense of that camaraderie and uh, okay. the the better relationships based on stuff that's not from a purely transactional standpoint makes sense i feel like you could... feels like you're all in it together yeah i feel like you kind of speak some truth to that too and in, in some of the jokes on your on your album talking about uh this the industry in LA and and kind of what oh, you have yeah. to do to get ahead. <laughs> oh boy, I mean that's the thing too. It's like I came to really in the past couple of years really like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but I think it's also very telling that it took me living here almost a decade for me to finally be like, all right, yeah, I guess I guess I'm cool with this city. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I can stick around here for a little while longer. Like just because you've been become so familiar, it's almost like you don't. Everything else is strange. <laughs> it's like you just yeah. stay long enough. Everything else is uh, is different and strange. You're like, oh, I guess it's not so St- bad here. <laughs> I finally made a like a foothold instead of a thing where I'm just kind of like clawing around and running around trying to find something to plant my my feet in and grow and get some roots. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you like this this album that you put out. It seems like is this kind of like a culmination of your stand up like over your time doing it it really feels like you talk about kind of your youth and like your just how you you know kind of became like jay light like that kind of feel like at least listening to the album is kind of what i got a sense of and i wanted that's that's exactly what i was going for okay cool like uh there you go dude uh so is that like uh you know is that just jokes that you've built kind of you build on these ideas over you know your time of doing stand-up until you have like these just like these jokes that you actually put out on there or like uh that Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I did. I. Re- I've. I don't want to interrupt if you still got more. No, uh, you're good. That's kind of what I was asking. Is just. Uh... Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, I did a lot of a lot of testing and working out these jokes. You know, these are some of these jokes are jokes that I've been doing a version of for 
my entire time doing stand-up, which is almost 10 years. You know, I started stand-up when I was 18, and wow. I didn't really start, like, giving it a go and actually trying to pursue it in any sort of, I, I don't think, real artistic way mm-hmm. until I was 20. You know, I, I turned 30 the day before the, uh, the day after the album comes out, rather. And I really just, over the course of that time, you know, I've, I had a lot of examining of who I am and also the person I used to be. So there's a lot of, on the album, me reflecting on the way that I was and the kinds of things I used to do versus who I am now and what I think that that's, what what I think about those things now. So definitely a lot of self-examination on there. That was that was the whole goal of it. I wanted to structure it in a way where I want you to know who I am. And I think, you know, I, I took inspiration from other debut albums that I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. my, one of my all-time favorite comedy albums in general, and, and speaking of debut comedy albums too, is Kyle Kinane's Death of the Party. Because I think that hearing that album, you get a really strong sense of who... Kyle Kinane is yeah. as a human being. And so that's what one of the things I really wanted to get across here is all right, not only like what kind of sense of humor do I have mm-hmm. and what kinds of jokes am I going to tell, but like who am I? Yeah. And who's the who 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 are you listening to? Like who who's this guy? Mm-hmm. It's- and do we like this guy or do we want to laugh at this guy and do we want to keep hanging out with this guy? No, it's it's really cool, man. And like it, it- it's cool to to think about taking you know your your life and sort of framing it in this kind of in the way that you that you did to where you're it's it's funny but you can tell there's you're like poking through a lot of truth too and that's what I really appreciate about stand up a lot and that's what I you know gravitate towards when I watch people um, is like how well do they like kind of present the truth but it's like also you know funny and makes you think at the same time. Um, and so that was, that was something that I noticed, you know, with kind of the way that you did it. Yeah. It was like, and, you know, mixed in with the, the tracks and the, the spoken word stuff too. Yeah. It really cool. Uh, seriously, like, uh, everybody, you know, I would, I would suggest if you're, if you're listening right now to stop listening to this and go and go check that out and then, and then come back. Cause yeah, good, good album. And, uh, dude, like you said, <laughs> I like the, the one year of playing football. That was like the. <laughs> that that one was that one got me because I played I played all through growing up all through like junior high high school and oh, I yeah? stopped yeah I stopped before like I I there was a point I think where I was gonna try to walk on at college for a split second I was like maybe I'll and I was like nah I'm good and, what position did you play uh, I was I was like a offensive defensive lineman um, and okay. I was very small uh, for the guys I was playing with who all went on to play like in college and junior college but. I was good at long snapping, and so it was like, okay, I can maybe do that. Like, I have this one good thing. I can go out and, like, hike it on extra points or hike it to the punter. Like, it was... I gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, there was that, but then you just get pummeled after, so it was like, do I want to just... <laughs> do I want to just hike the ball and get pummeled for a bunch? Like, I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. That was the thing, like... That was, that was kind of part of the reason why I stopped doing 
football so early because I, I mean, the getting knocked out cold while tackling somebody is a hundred percent true. Uh, and that's, it happens that's a pretty hard hit to get knocked out. Like it's the, like it, I don't think that people really understand, you know, kind of the, yeah. what you're talking about there. Cause it, it's, it, he got to get you hit pretty hard. <laughs> I think it was, if mem if, I mean, I can't, if memory serves, it was like a helmet to helmet hit, which is okay. of course now those are the kinds of hits that they're made illegal in professional football. Mm-hmm. And yeah, somebody, you, you know, gotta, you should have check, dude. Somebody shouldn't find that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that's the thing. It's like, nobody really cares. You're seventh graders. Yeah. You're 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just like, ah, you're going to, you'll grow out. Fine. You'll be fine. You get a bump. Oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You came. You came too quick enough. You're. We're not going to send you to the nurse. Like oh, there's, the, there's the mom that's like, that runs out there and wants to do like the, the concussion test with you real quick because she watched a TV show. <laughs> oh yeah. That's if I guarantee like my mom, who was actually a nurse, if they had come to my football games a lot and seen that happen. Oh, she would have been all over that. <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately. Mean, yeah, I mean, I I remember just getting just getting lit up sometimes in practice, and and just being like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know. This isn't really fun. Like, it's kind of is. I guess I'm on the team, but I'm not like <laughs> I'm not. A, this is just pain. Like, I just hurt. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. It all sort of like in Texas, especially, you know, there's a huge high school football culture, too. And um, my high school and I think a lot of high schools are probably the same way where they have a lot of activities that are based around the football team. Right. So there's cheerleaders and there's dancers. And then there's usually some sort of uh, like a spirit squad type of a group. Okay. And so my junior and senior year of high school, I joined that because they were the guys who on uh, game days you'd have a pep rally before the game mm-hmm. during school like they would cancel classes so we would go to this pep rally in the gym for like 2 hours and just be like football it's football, <laughs> football. day <laughs> yeah but the we were called the pep boys and we would always go out and you would do a skit that would make fun of the football players and so my freshman year of high school, that was the first time I saw anything like that happen. And I was like, oh, this is great. They're just just like writing jokes and doing these sketches and destroying these football players in front of the whole school. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. That is cool. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so then my junior year, I did that with some friends of mine. And there was like a group of us who were, you know, I was primarily a, like a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And so there's a group of us who were the theater kids who would get all of the uh, the dirt from the other guys in the Pet Boys who were f- actual friends with the football players, they would tell us all the, like, the rumors and the stories, and then we would write the sketches <laughs> using all of their inside info. That's awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was a ton of fun. We got in a lot of trouble. We got banned from f- the football field a couple of times because um, we found out some real racy stories that you don't, you don't want like to talk about, <laughs> but we talked about it. We skirted around it. We figured out ways to do it, and uh, the principal did not like that. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uh, your high school sounds a lot more uh, lo- like loosely like uh, the pr- my principal and stuff I went to is so strict. It was kind of dumb. I I don't know. I uh, I mean, we had our our principal had 
some really strict moments. It was it was really weird. So like my freshman and sophomore year, we had this principal who was like uh, just a super cool dude. And he had worked in schools and high schools for a long time. And then he left to become like the superintendent of the school district. Mm -hmm. And then he got replaced by this woman who was our principal that we had at our middle school. And so she approached us like middle schoolers who are, I would say objectively way worse than high schoolers. As a group of people, hundred percent. Yeah, I would agree. Because middle, that's what everybody's getting their hormones, and everybody's way meaner to everybody in middle school, and it's just horrifying. And so she treated us like we were middle schoolers when thinking we had like. I remember there was one time when, uh, so on the football field, if we, if our, if the team scored a touchdown, we were supposed to take these giant flags that spelled out Panthers, which is our mascot. Okay, and we were supposed to run them down the field. As like, uh, hey, we scored a touchdown. Fuck you, other team. And one time we were blowing this team out. It was like 49-0 at halftime. Wow. And so we came back from the half. Yeah, it was just a, it was a slaughter. And we came back from the half, and we were like, hey, you know what would be funny? Is if we score another touchdown, we should just run the word pants instead of Panthers. Because it's just like, it's dumb, and we're we're – we're mocking them at this point just by like running who goofy shit who cares yeah. and so we did and everybody laughed because they're like oh they say it says pants that's not what our mascot is so silly yeah. our principal banned us for a week after we did that because she thought we were making fun of her wearing capris because <laughs> she always wore capris which is something that i didn't even notice until <laughs> It was brought up why we were banned for running the word pants. She's like, I I will not let you guys talk about my capris this way. Yeah, all of a sudden we've gone from being like the guys who are talking about 16-year-olds, like who's who's maybe sleeping with each other, and then all of a sudden we get banned for, oh my God, we're the fashion police now. We, did, yeah. we pulled some Joan Rivers action. Those need to be down Those to your ankle. Caddy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, dude. That's what we should have run. We should have run ankles. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have all the letters in our yeah. arsenal. Yeah, ankles There's only. Okay, no and Panthers. <laughs> um, where did you uh, where did you record this this album at? The Pack Theater here in LA. Okay. Um, was there like a? I'm always curious about this because I don't, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about what goes into this. Like, it, did you have? Did you did you film as well, or did you just do the like uh, the record, like the audio recording of that? I just did the audio. I wanted to do. This is like a weird personal thing, but for my first time putting stuff down, like on wax. Yeah, I guess the best way to put it. I wanted to do something that didn't require video. Okay. I wanted it to be something that like I could do myself cuz one of one of the reasons that I decided to make the album is because I had all this material that I loved but I was getting tired of performing. So I was like I want to put this material to bed so I can like grow. Mm-hmm. I think the way to do that is to just put it out as an album. And I also would love, I'd love to do a special at some point, but I would like to also not, 
if I don't have to, to not DIY my special. Like, I'd love to have somebody else come in. Production company and, come in and have somebody Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think it's it's better to have the album as a calling card of like, hey, this is the thing that you're going to get in in some way, shape, or form if you have me do a special some point down the line. I And I also, you know, I could afford to make an album. I certainly could not afford to make a special. Like what? Like So you just hire like a, a company to record for you or did you have kind of the equipment already? What, like what was I, the... Uh, I worked with at... Roast Battle, we have this DJ, this guy, Coach T, who's a wonderful DJ, a record producer. He worked on producing comedy albums for guys like Chris Rock and Jamar Neighbors, and he's a great, great producer. And so I hired him, and we collaborated on... He came in and he recorded the album live, the stand-up portion, and then he and I collaborated on the sketches... And he recorded the roast battle at the comedy store. Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna ask. So, this is the, the DJ that yeah. does the roast battle, right, at the the comedy store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then he uh, he and I we worked out the ideas for the sketches, and he produced all of the music and the beats and the stuff for the album. So he once I gave it once everything was recorded, I just put it in his hands because oh, nice. I know he's a great producer, and he would work his magic. And uh, yeah, and and that was it. So it was just a two, basically a two man operation. That's really cool uh, on the recording and conceptual side. That's really cool. Was a, it, it came out really well, so that's cool. That it, was, it was you know two people doing that. That's that's freaking awesome. Uh, like I, <clears throat> I yeah, I'm I'm always curious about that because I just see you know like there's so many different ways, so many different people doing different things, different like presenting content in so many different ways you know i'm always curious about Mm -hmm. like how people choose to go about it and uh it's interesting too to watch like especially right now i feel like this this wave of like uh of wanting to kind of just get into having clips i feel like that's kind of what i'm seeing on the online when i've seen people talk about podcasts is just that's kind of where you know it's going towards is like just having these short little clips, these little one minute things for people to watch. And like, that's what you want to be putting out. And so mm-hmm. I like, I don't like, how do you feel about that? Cause I feel like this is, you know, you're taking a different route. You're putting out an album. You're kind of basically saying like, you know, I don't, I'm, st- I'm sticking to this, to this medium. I don't, you know, it seems like you're saying, I don't really care about having one minute joke clips, you know, available. Yeah. I mean, I have a few out from videos that I've done, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that, the 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 jokes and the content of the album i think stand on their own and i would much rather hear have somebody see a clip that i post that's not necessarily off the album and then come to listen you know they come to whatever like my social media is or go to my website or whatever and then they see oh he has an album I'm going to listen to that album. Mm-hmm. And then they get presented something that is different than what they've seen and wholly different than what they've seen. Because and- there's a couple of jokes on here that I have put out as clips just from other sets that I've done them on. Okay. But I I mean, I have a lot of material backlogged as far as stuff that I recorded after I did this album that's stuff that I still haven't put out. You know, there's crowd work mm-hmm. that I love to put out and other clips of jokes that, like, I started working on before COVID hit that I don't even know if I'm ever going to pick them up again. 
because the world is so different now and the things I'm thinking about are so different now that like I'm not sure if I'm going to put some of these jokes back into my act when all's said and done. Or that it'll be relatable to, to right, the audience. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, who knows, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen to some of these these bits. Maybe it'll come out, but I would also rather, I'd rather have somebody see me and then be like, oh, I'm interested in what this guy has. Yeah. Oh, he has a whole album? Oh, I'll listen to that. That well, that's a cool. Great. That's a cool approach. Like, you're kind of using the, the, the clip or... Or like little bits of, of crowd work, or like you're saying to attract them. That's that's a that's a great idea, uh, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. I mean, the album is wholly different than what you would see. Like probably like I was actually scrolling through your Instagram. I saw a couple of a couple of clips that you had, and you're right. Like that you do kind of. It's just widening your the perspective of you, which is cool. Like you're like just spreading out. You know, here's you know here's me. You know, here's my podcast. Here's this. Here's that. Like I I like that, and I like. I think that's like what I appreciate about you know people that I watch is how much they offer, like how much how much different things they're able to offer to that to their audience, and and, and that's, I think that's what it is now. I mean, you know, especially with not being able to to perform and do live stand up anymore, like or like what have you kind of been? What is your kind of uh, your lane? Like I know that you have this this album to put out, so you you do have you know material up for people to listen to but like are you doing are you doing zoom are you doing like uh are you podcasting more like it's mostly pod. i mean a lot of podcasts um i'm still able to keep that up and and do those no problem during all of this mm-hmm. and i've done uh a couple of stand-up shows a couple of live stand-up shows actually like i did the there's one in, in san diego that i did about like a month and a half ago, very beginning of July. Okay. And uh, I've done a couple Zoom shows. I was sort of feeling more like at the very beginning of this and up until very recently, like if I was going to do comedy via, you know, like a Twitch show or a Zoom show, that I would be – I didn't want to do stand-up. I would rather do something that is different from what I'm used to doing. Okay. So – the the show that I do the most and that I've f- found like weird multitudes to it is the show I do with my buddy Ricardo Feliciano, where it's a fake eBay seminar show. Like we play characters who are who have a class about how to sell stuff on eBay. Okay, <laughs> and it's like sort of like we're playing these characters, but it's also like it's half improvised half stuff that we're just kind of bringing to the table as mm-hmm. characters. We bring on different guests every episode. And it started out very normal, and then it turned into, like, this crazy, like, there's Twin Peaksy David Lynch elements to it. Like, there's a multiverse, and there's, like, people are dreaming and, like, waking up from dreams, and we're playing wow. different versions of the characters we've already established. It's... That it's sounds interesting. Is that, is that super, on Zoom? It's... Uh, it's on Twitch. On Twitch, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's on the Pack Theater's Twitch channel. Okay. It's called uh, eBay Power Selling 101. I was gonna check that out. And that it's... sounds so interesting. Like, are you guys just are you guys building on it every episode? Like, you build on the previous. Okay. Yeah, we basically just like we have developed this weird canon of these <laughs> characters of uh, of Michael and Tom, who are the two who are like the teacher and his TA. Yeah. And 
we we went in like, all right, what are our characters' major traits? And then we just kind of riff from there and we're, and we're going back and forth with these characters who we bring on. And it's so weird, but it's I would never ever have considered doing a show like that ever before this. Kind of sounds like and kind of sounds like D and D, but like kind of more comedy based almost. Yeah, <laughs> and with 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 you know we're just building off of it every week. We just have to kind of keep up with with what's going on. But there's so much more opportunity to be weird. Like I love I I've got a real weird sense of humor i think that I, I that comes from like growing up watching a lot of adult swim okay is it's my prime like aqua teen hunger force and tim and eric are two huge you know tentpole comedic things from my childhood so anytime i get to do something that uh, like this is the thing that i've done that feels the most like something i would watch as a teenager oh gotcha okay so that's that's cool it's like a because you, you can't, I don't feel like you can really do that in, in comedy. You can, you can be super weird, but it's, it's not really your shtick. Like it's not, at least like in your, mm-hmm. in your stuff. So that's cool. Like getting to have that alternate kind of way to express that. And yeah, and Twitch is a it's, good, it's, a good platform. I, mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun and it's something that I, it's still something I do every week and I still do, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to get back into doing a little bit more regular stand-up just because I do miss stand-up a lot. You know, I I was at the comedy store this past Friday and we were wrapping up doing a roast battle there and then I was hanging out and they said uh, they're going to start a stand-up show in the parking lot right away and, Jay, we need you to go on first. (laughs) Right now. Can you do that? And I was like... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. And I go up, but I, and it was cool. But I like I went up there, and I I I'm so rusty, and I'm forgetting jokes. I'm I'm forgetting punchlines to jokes after I start the setup, and I'm just like, what am I doing? So I clearly like, I let the COVID despondence definitely get to me a little bit in terms of actually working on the stand-up mm-hmm. portion of my comedic output. So now I need to get back into that and just be like, all right, yeah, I gotta rem- I gotta compile <laughs> what jokes I would even like to continue telling. That's interesting. And then develop some new stuff. That's interesting you say that. There was a, a drive-in comedy show in Santa Cruz up here, and the people that were doing that show, I, I did it last week. There was like I think five or six other comics, and it was that was kind of everybody's comment afterwards was just like, I haven't been focusing on like the repetition or the you know the timing of my jokes and like on and a lot of people the, the the thing they said on stage is like oh i'm used to having my notes on zoom like you know just having their oh, their yeah. notes pulled up on the zoom next to them so having to actually memorize it too so that's like funny you mentioned that as well i think that's that seems to be a common theme uh and was this the comedy store in san diego or are you in la that they're doing that? in la they're doing all the parking they're doing parking lot shows there well, they're figuring out what they're allowed to do. Okay. They had previously, they so they reopened as a bar and restaurant, mm-hmm. and they were doing live streaming what was going on inside, you know, because like Kill Tony and Roast Battle mm-hmm. and a couple other shows were doing stuff from inside, and they would broadcast it out to the parking lot on like a projector, or they put it on a big TV, oh, gotcha. and then... The city said they couldn't do that because that was considered live entertainment, which I don't understand. 
A projector's because live entertainment? I guess. I don't know. And so then they got past that, but then what they started doing instead was have you have you been to the comedy store in LA? Uh, I haven't been inside. I've been by it though. Uh, I was like okay. I was there for I've only been to LA like once or twice, so Got it. So the patio of the comedy store mm-hmm. where the front bar is has this window to the original room. And they they got comics to perform in the window and then just took the audio up to outside to the patio. Okay. So it was very like Amsterdam red light district where just they were the, the comic behind a window through the glass <laughs> telling jokes to the people sitting on the patio who were like socially distanced. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, that sounds, that seems great. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can do that when I go back to the store on Friday for the show. And then the lo and behold, I get there on Friday and they're like, yeah, the city came by and they said, we can't do that either. Cause that's also counts as live entertainment. Damn. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. And so then they did this, like this parking lot thing on the sly. I have no idea if they'll even be allowed to keep doing that, but it's all, yeah, s- it's all a mess. I saw on Instagram, they were trying to do something at the San Diego. I think Taylor Tomlinson was trying to do a show down there with some other people and they canceled that. I think yesterday. Yeah. And it looked like they had the whole parking lot with just kind of like tables like placed about. And I mean, that's what I've seen up here. Like there's a show in Oakland. I think they have kind of the same thing right now, like a socially distant like tables kind of just in this open area. And yeah, I don't know how much longer, it's, you know, that's it's crazy that they keep just kind of nope, can't do that. It's like it's so because I think and I think a lot of it comes down to California also because I'm seeing other comics in other states doing shows like that mm-hmm. you know i've seen people in new york posting shows that are outdoor socially distant shows ohio um uh i think texas has some outdoor distance shows now too and it just i think it's because california is still so hot as far as coronavirus cases and nobody knows the best way to 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 shut everything down or to do it in a way that's safe so they're just trying to be abundance you know take an abundance of caution which is like the right thing to do from a health perspective but they also it's it's just so weird to figure out like we have no i have no idea it's it feels very much like we're, we're flying on the by the seat of our pants and figuring out day by day what we're allowed to do and what we're and yeah. whether we're just going to be stuck doing zoom shows for the rest of 2020 <laughs> yeah it just seems like there's gonna they're gonna keep trying something different and hopefully one of the things sticks you know whether it's like the drive-in thing where you got to stay in your car or it's the yeah. kind of socially distant like uh, open area kind of almost like park shows i don't know i think something's gotta something's gotta stick you gotta because you know a lot of people i think are just trying to find ways to to make money and create entertainment for people so that we can stop mm-hmm. thinking about all this you know stop thinking about covid and stop thinking about the election stop thinking about <laughs> yeah i think the outdoor thing has a lot of merit to it too especially because you know that there's studies that have shown that it's way safer to be outdoors especially if you're doing stuff that's distanced outdoors mm-hmm. um as long as people can find uh, like a comedy club or a restaurant or whatever, if they have a parking lot, why not let them do the show in the parking lot as long as all the guidelines are being followed as far as people wearing masks or people being distanced properly. But it's, you know, 
I'm not in the government, so I have no. <laughs> I can't go plead my case. Yeah. For the lowly comedians of California. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because uh. it's yeah, as much as all the rich podcasters out there would like us to think, we're not necessarily the most essential workers out there. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I wonder how. Yeah, it's just it's. It seems all weird right now. You know, quarantine's just kind of turned into this alternate reality it seems uh i don't it's a it's a it's a real weird year it's the weirdest it's it's a fucking lost year dude it's the weirdest i like i have it's my birthday this weekend right and i'm trying to think my my girlfriend and i've been trying to plan to to maybe do something Mm -hmm. like we were talking like do we go to like a drive-in movie theater and invite some people or do we just like who even knows like do i just have like people come hang out on zoom like i had uh at the very beginning of this i was doing something i went out to the living room where my girlfriend was at a zoom birthday party and all it was was a bunch of people on the zoom wall right and there was a dj playing music and she was just standing there dancing in the living room like kind of just bobbing around because that's what everybody else was doing on this zoom birthday party it's like this is this is what we've come to. This is yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this, but it's it. You gotta at least accept it for the the comedic value of the quarantine. Yeah, just just vibing in a screen. I'm, I've seen yeah. I've seen some stuff like that. Some some DJs online, like on Instagram, are doing like a a live Zoom, and you see people just kind of like smoking or drinking along, and they're just hanging. Which mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's you know when you think about it, it's better than you know it's better than, than nothing at all. You know it's 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 like I think that's kind of what we've all come to accept with like driving comedy, uh, mm-hmm. you know Fallon doing his stuff on like Zoom or like and then all this all this stuff that's kind of just now the new norm. It's just it's this is better than nothing. I guess is what we've all collectively right. accepted. I think what the way that I wish people would approach it more, and this is. I think starting to happen now that we are locked in this like infinite seeming time of who knows when everything's going to go back to any semblance of normalcy. I think people are starting to figure out, Oh, this is a whole format that I can get weird with. So I might as well get weird and do something different. So it's not just me standing in a room, you know, with a ring light that I bought off Amazon a couple months ago and just trying something different. You know, I think now is the time to, if we're going to be stuck inside doing shows that are live streamed or doing stuff in parking lots where it feels different than it did before and we don't know when it's going to feel or if if it'll ever feel, even if we are back inside at a comedy club, feel the same as it did pre-fucking pandemic. Yeah. Why not do something to take what you do and make some changes to make it feel just different mm-hmm. and not just like what everybody else was doing. Take the time to to get weird and creative. You know, that's the one thing that I am really grateful for at, at the end of the day is that I have power selling and I get a chance to like, oh yeah, this is this is the weird shit that I never would have done previously. But now I think like, okay, how can I take some of that weird stuff and take it back into my regular act? Okay. And, and use 
all of my joke writing stuff that I've developed over the years mm-hmm. and trying to expand way, and, and build off this yeah. new that's that's a good way to think about it because it's it's been a really reflective period for a lot of a lot of people I think and 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 that's something that's something cool to think you know think about is how what are you going to take back from from when things do go back to normal if they do how are you going to be able to kind of transition and bring that back because I think a lot of people watching you on these zoom or these live things once stand-up comes back they're going to want to go probably see you in a live format if they're a fan if they you know or you know if and if they recognize that from from the twitch if you're able to bring that kind of stuff from the twitch into the live the live thing and make it work then you're a better comic and i think that yeah that's that's a really cool way to look at it dude that's like one thing i've i've been thinking about uh you know personally for me coming out of quarantine is is you know what what do i want to talk about because you know listening to you talk about how you want to present yourself like this is me when they're listening to you like what am i trying to gain like what am i trying to present that's like my main thought because i've only been doing it for about two and a half years and i feel like i got comfortable uh before quarantine with just kind of getting a reaction from like talking about like doing like dick jokes or talking about sex or Right. And I was yeah, like, yeah. is this what I want to say? And mm-hmm. and that's the thing I think that, you know, is like, what do, yeah, what do I actually want to say? How can I write jokes about, about that? You know, those ideas, it's just like I'm thinking way more like big picture than yeah. I've ever thought. Like, it's like, I think comedy kind of does that to you, at least from my experience, which is, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I think it's, it like opens up your brain to kind of like, what do I want the world to see of me? Like, right. And, like because it is of you like what you talk about is it's you're giving people this image you know you're, whether you like it or not you could be saying the dumbest shit up there but people are attaching that to the image of you so like you like right. i just want to try to like try to manufacture that image as much as i can without letting it be like left up to them as and that right i mean that's the whole point of comedy i think at the end of the day is that you're manufacturing a version of yourself that you hope people are on the same page as what you're trying to put out, right? Like one of my favorite pieces of it, of, of comedy theory that I was ever told was um, uh, Eric Moneypenny, who's a great sketch teacher at the Pack Theater. Uh, he said that comedy is the Venn diagram overlap where you're taking your sense of humor and the audience's sense of humor. And then what you do as a comedian, whether that's stand-up, improv, sketch, whatever, you exist in that overlap in that middle circle, and, in the middle space right okay. and all and you're trying to figure out where that bargain actually works and that uh, thinking big pictures i think great for comedy because not enough comics i think especially early on i mean if you said you only been doing like two and a half years when i was doing it that long i had no i i didn't even come close to thinking about like perception and how and how i'm coming across on stage i was just trying to figure out like how to be how to write better jokes so i think that's the it's a great thing to have that time to reflect on not only like all right maybe i don't want to do these kinds of jokes where it's just like i'm trying to get a reaction but also how can i take the things that i find interesting or or you know the things that i react to and how can I take that not only through writing but also through performance and conceiving of myself in a way that 
the the perception allows for the performance to be enhanced. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the when I watch stuff and I see people speaking truth through through it. That's where I really I've gravitated towards my whole life. That's why I'm a huge I've been a huge stand up like fan my whole life, and it's always been the people that like speak truth on stage. And I I just wanna mm-hmm. always wanted to know how to because it's it's hard to get there. It's hard to like think of this idea where you're building this story that's actually presenting this. It's like this hard hitting, you know, just like gut wrenching truth that you're like, oh shit, but you're laughing at the same time because it's just yeah. so real. Like I, like to be able to write something like that, dude, it would like, that's like, I think about that all the time. Like, how do you get, like, it's just, that's like the, the, uh, the thing that I think about the most is just, I want to be able yeah. to actually, you know, and not, and not just be, not just be, uh, yeah, reactionary. Just be more of, uh, of kind of speaking the things that I think about and want to have. Because I get... I'd, sorry. Yeah. It, oh, so I was just going to say, I, ha- I had to think about that a lot for the album because you have... Uh, I, I structured the album in a way after a lot of beta testing to figure out how to get some of the jokes that are much more like in that sort of vein of like a hard truth, but also I, you're laughing at it. Mm-hmm. I have to get the audience so on board with me before I can get to that point that I have to really spread that material and pace it out in a way where like, okay, we hit this hard point. We're going to, we'll lighten up for a little bit and then I'm going to come back in mm-hmm. hard at you again. Okay. And then we're, and then we'll lighten up and come out. That. Getting yeah okay I never thought yeah you get them so on board with you that they're they're comfortable and then you can go there because because mm-hmm. they they're like I like Jay like Jay's cool yeah <laughs> like that's why I I loved is the the first time I did that camp counselor face line mm-hmm. that's the opener the very like from that joke is I'm so sad that I can't like do that joke anymore really because i'm because i'm trying to burn it Mm -hmm. and not do the material anymore because it's just like the instant it's recognition of who of like oh this guy's super sweet Mm -hmm. we're not gonna expect anything and it gets them right off the bat and then the whole rest of the time i know I'm, i'm much more likely to have them in my pocket and then i can take them to a place that's very dark like me talking about you know, feeling like I was going to get uh, predatored yeah. upon by somebody, you know, about a puppet talk show yeah. or doing the, the jokes about uh, gun control and shootings stuff, and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I can't I can't do that if you don't buy into, hey, it's going to be OK because it's I just am, Jay. It's just me. Yeah. I'm safe. You guys, we're all we're all we're all doing fine. That's such a good perspective. I've never really thought about that that way. Just like you have to, and it makes so much sense. I mean, you gotta. It's like making friends. You gotta win people over before yeah. you can start saying you know dark shit to them or like making you know you don't know if somebody's like okay with like talking shit about the guy that's walking you know down the street while you're, yeah. it's like you, yeah that makes total sense. Uh, that's a good that's a great way to approach and think like I, I I mean, I I guess I've been, it's, it's kind of back of my mind, but it's never like a forefront thought when I'm writing, like, you know, how do you get them to be on my side? So I yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, 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 that's awesome, man. And I, uh, 
I want to give you a chance here too. I, I, I wanted to say like, this has been a really cool conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, to do this with me and, and I want to give you a chance to plug your Instagram and kind of plug everything right now so people can go, you know, one more time, you know, shout out the album, people go check that out. Uh, it's called good, good guy with a gun. It's on, it's on, uh, uh, Pandora right now. And then I think on Friday the 14th, it'll be dropping yeah. everywhere else. Uh, I like the wherever you stream or download music, it'll be it'll be there. I like the cover art too. The, the, the oh thanks yeah that's a shout out to Armando Torres for for doing the album art for that. He's a great comic and a great artist and uh, a, you know a good friend. I've been a big fan of him as a human being and as a comic for a while and he's he's just great. So where can people where can people follow you man? Where where can they where are you at online? I am at Diet J on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Diet J, uh, what am I? J Light Comedy. I'm forgetting the setups to my own plugs. That's how bad quarantine's been. Um, JLightComedy.com for any show information and album stuff is going to be there also. And uh, podcast blockbusting if you uh, if you like hearing people talk about movies. And shitting on movies. I was actually watching the episode you did with Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, I think that was like it was like a month or so, a couple months ago. Oh yeah, where we talked about uh, Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. I was checking that out. And Death Proof. Uh, just before we did this, actually, and I was, I liked I like your setup that you had with the. Is that is that your spot that you had the the? Setup that was for that? my old spot. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was recording at a studio for a while uh, called Better Box, but. It looks like they uh, they have finally reached their COVID survival limit, and I don't think uh, they're going to be, be. I'm not going to be able to perform uh, or do shows there for a little while, so I'm back to the home setup. Okay. But I miss that place. Yeah, it looked nice, and you know, I'm sure that you'll I'm sure another spot will pop up or something, and yeah, I'll figure it out. Cool, man. Yeah, like I said, thank you very much for doing this with me today. Go check out his album. Go check out his podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you. It was a great conversation, man. I had a good time. Thanks, Michael. Happy to do it, man. Sweet. All right. It's great to meet you. Me too. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now. And head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. We'll see you next time.